Jimmy, yeah. How have you been? Good. How are you, man? <laughs> Good. We haven't sat down for a long time. We haven't. Yeah. There's so, so much we've um we've we need to cover. There is, and we've got big plans. Um, we'll still do yeah. a few of our um, you know, roundups and other things that people seem to love. But we've got some big plans for this new season. Yeah, this season. Um, you know, we normally kind of do uh, a look at one or two movies on an episode and then we'll yeah. throw in the roundups where we bring in a bunch of recommendations of what we're watching. And this time around, we're going to divert to the 80s yeah, and uh, just pick some fun categories from the 80s. This episode is Arnold Schwarzenegger movies mm-hmm. from the 80s. We're not going to do like a broad sort of talk, you know, timeline of everything. We're only going to talk about our favorites. No, and, yeah. we're not, and we're not, you know, I think everyone's probably already gathered that from previous episodes. We're not, you know, uh, film historians <laughs> or uh, It'd probably be know, a bit lecturers much. or professors, but we're, you know, just talking about our own personal experiences or things we loved. And, yeah. And, you know, I'm sure we'll have a few little interesting trivia and tidbits that we know a bit about here and there, but yeah. uh, it'll be probably more uh, just a general chat about the things that we think, you know, represent the 80s the most. And so Arnie feels like a really good starting point. Arnold is a huge, you know, he he takes off in the 80s. Exactly. He's not Um, just a physical presence, but... uh, Yeah. And I I mean, with with the 80s too, you know, it was always a bit of a running sort of a a meme or a trend that you would always hear movies in the 80s sucked. Mm -hmm. I never really enjoyed that. Like you hear Quentin Tarantino talking about the 80s was the worst time for cinema. And... The 80s always felt like it was this embarrassing kind of decade, yeah, culturally. Okay. You know, anytime there was 80s fashion being referenced, it was mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, look at how cheesy it was. With like the knee highs and the fluoro yeah. and I mean, the sunnies. I mean, I think there's some elements of that that make sense. But I wonder if part of that is um, that the 80s was a lot of high concept films that got you mean cocaine-related films? Like, <laughs> well, yes, when you definitely. say high concept, do you just mean like a bit of the old, um, <laughs> no, a few nose beers before writing a movie script and title? Yes, like Maximum Overdrive. Yes. Oh, uh, absolutely. Yes. But yeah, I mean, yes, exactly. Though, uh, but also just high concept. You know, just a lot of sci-fi and yeah. action, horror, uh, some greater high concept storytelling emerging from what was originally more of a B-grade, if not. Z-grade cinema from yeah. you know, your Roger Corman's of the world in the 70s. And then by the 80s, those ideas had kind of mm. took off. And we'll talk more, especially when we talk about yeah. Terminator in this episode. Oh, but yeah. Terminator, you know, James Cameron came from working in special effects for Roger Corman. That's where he learnt the ropes of filmmaking. Mm. And then uh, he went and took his skills and created Terminator. And that kind of created the 80s blockbuster in a lot of ways. And it's not just that movie, but... You know, you got Jaws, you know, you got the Sp- Steven Spielberg yeah. coming from the late 70s too. Yeah. And the George Lucas and all these ones with these high concept ideas of Star Wars and Jaws and they're all, you know, 
Yeah. They're not like, uh, just character drama pieces. They're about some big thing, whether it's a creature or space or whatever it might be. Yeah. Suddenly the prop department's got a lot of work to do. Exactly. The set design has got a lot of so work to do. So I wonder if that's the why some people are a little critical of 80s films because they can be a little... Over the top. Over the top and a little like out there with some of their ideas. But also that's part of why... I think they're very popular with a lot of audiences because people love these kind of real huge escapist films. Yeah, no, that's right. Escapism is a great word for it. It sort of seems like it was giving people what they wanted, whereas the 70s might have been more uh, challenging the audience yeah. and, and pushing the, the edge a little bit like like Midnight Cowboy in the late 60s. And yeah. then that, like, that shit wins best picture. And then all of a sudden movies are like, you know, Deliverance is right up there and everyone's going to see that shit. and. Mm-hmm. The 80s feels like it's less challenging to the social kind of values yeah. when you've got like movies about, you know, the family dynamic and mm-hmm. the boy meets girls and all those sorts of things. And it is sort of like a nice hug here and there. Yeah. Like here's, here's a nice hug. Here's E.T. hugging Elliot. And isn't it, <laughs> isn't it nice? I mean, that's a whole nother th- thing to unpack with Spielberg and his dad issues and all of that. Of course, yeah. Um, dad issues is like, or, or parent mummy daddy issues is like mm-hmm. uh is a big thing for the 80s anyway we, we are getting way way off topic a little bit a little bit because we're here to talk about Arnold Schwarzenegger we are yeah so obviously Arnie came around like late 70s yeah well he, he had done the pumping iron yes. doco he did Hercules Returns mm-hmm. or is it Hercules in New York Hercules New York yeah I can't yeah. remember which one but the the very first uh big one that he does that introduces him to the America at large is mm-hmm. Conan the Barbarian, 1982. Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and that's directed by, uh, what's his name, John Milius, is that it? Yes, that's right, yeah. His grand, big, sweeping, epic, you know, mm-hmm. um, fantasy, essentially, is what it is. It's based on the old um, Arthur C. Doyle character. Yeah. Uh, it's a whole fun backstory with that dude. Essentially writing these, you know, inappropriate racist kind of books about this character. And yeah. there weren't really, when he wrote those books... You know, like Batman was still a bit of a way off, but this was the first kind of serialized hero, I guess. And you had like John Carter and stuff like that as well. Mm-hmm. But Conan really is like, I think there's more of a history to Conan that you don't think about when you visualize the Arnold Schwarzenegger character and whatnot. Yeah, but uh, yeah, what do you think about Conan? I, I, I like Conan. It's been a while since I've seen it. So yeah, yeah I really enjoyed it. But, um, and I think Arnie embodies that character very well he you know he is this larger than life you know he's conan like if you're gonna you know uh cast anybody i think it's a perfect casting the film's really interesting because you it casts a bodybuilder and Uh a dancer with sandal bergman and a surfer yeah with uh is it jerry lopez is that the guy's name yeah it sounds right that that plays one of the um you know one of the bandits that teams up with conan early Mm -hmm. on and, you know, when you say that kind of thing, it's like, this movie doesn't sound like it should work at all. Yeah. <laughs> because at that stage, I don't know if Arnold Schwarzenegger was being treated as seriously. You know, we look back at it now and we know his progression into, mm-hmm. you know, Terminator and these other roles where he just he was a full, uh, believable leading man, despite being this 
hulk of a fucking bodybuilding dude. Exactly. This so, Austrian with, you know... Yeah, this Venetian bodybuilder. Yeah, <laughs> very, you know, limited uh, English at the time. Yeah. Well, maybe that sort of is where Conan didn't help that image too much because he doesn't say a lot in, in no. that film, you know, and what he does say, it's always things like, Crom. Yes. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it's fucking awesome. I love Conan though, dude. I know. So I know... Um, yeah, I think we've we've definitely talked about it in the past outside the podcast. I know you just yeah. this movie holds a special place for you. Oh, absolutely. And it's just very nostalgic. I watched yeah. it when I was a bit too young for it, maybe. Right. But it was the first movie I think when I saw as a kid that it felt like this is dangerous. I shouldn't be watching this. He's like having sex with witches. Mm-hmm. He's cutting people up and it's bloody and gory. But I think it's the perfect movie for an eight or nine year old dude to be watching. Yeah, yeah. Because it is sort of edgy and a little bit dangerous and unsafe, but it doesn't go too far. It's not like you're accidentally watching Hellraiser 2 or yes, anything like good that. Point, yeah. You're not going to get traumatized by Conan, mm-hmm. but it is, it's just sort of that perfect sort of fantastical element to it as well as an well, action yeah. epic. Yeah. Were you a fantasy adventure sort of fan as a kid? No. You didn't? Okay. No. Uh, I mean, because we we're discussing doing fantasy movies for another episode yeah. and we're compiling the titles on our shared document and I'm looking at some of these fantasy titles and I was like, oh, you know, I'm down with, you know, I've seen Labyrinth, I've seen Legend. Yeah, okay. And other than that, outside there, like I haven't, well, I've seen a lot of these movies, but I'm, I wasn't as obsessed with them as I yeah, was interesting. the horror or the action. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. What I, about I, you? I mean, I was to a degree, yeah. I mean, my dad was very into fantasy novels, yeah. uh, you know, among other things. He loved, you know, crime and sci-fi and so on. But they were the ones that I definitely gravitated towards the most. Mm. Uh, you know, tried reading Lord of the Rings multiple times as a kid. Yeah, um, tough slug. Yeah, but I ended up reading others and, um, you know, Shannonara books, yeah. um, the Terry Brooks ones. Yeah, and, you know... Labyrinth, obviously, I loved, and there was a bunch of movies, uh, Dark Crystal and, and others that I really yeah. dug a lot when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I mean, Conan I definitely watched as a kid for that same reason, uh, yeah. but it didn't have the, I didn't resonate as much with you, as it, sorry, it didn't resonate as much with me as it did with you for some reason, but I remember enjoying it as yeah. a kid. I remember finding it a bit slow and a bit sort of... I mean, it's it's a, and a bit movie, disjointed. Like um, 140 minutes this one. Yeah, and I think maybe that's part of it is because of the yeah. adapting the book because there's a lot of stories of Conan. Yeah, right? there is. And I wonder if that's part of it's a di- very. I'm sure it's a very difficult stories to adapt to film. Like, where do you start? Yeah. Where do you? It's kind of like the whole Lord of the Rings problem. Like, Peter Jackson did an amazing job. I think that's probably one of the best adaptations. Full stop. Yeah, of adapting. This huge books, and even then he still had to do three movies. Yeah. So Conan, to adapt that into one movie, or I guess they end up being three movies, but still, like, to try and pick, you know, this, the material that works for that. Because uh, it's a standalone film, you know? Yeah. It works as a standalone film. And, um, yeah, I think uh, bravo to John Milius yeah. to, uh, for, you know, doing a good adaption, I think. I, I think it's a great adaptation. And... and um Conan is perfect for that role. Yeah. He's just so cut. And, you know, like the, the books were, a lot of people, I think, loved those books just for the covers, mm-hmm. those Frank Frazetta paintings. My dad had a bunch of Conan books, the original nice. Arthur C. Doyle ones. Not before that other dude took over. His name was like L. Sprague de Camp or whatever. Okay. And he was his name started popping up on these Conan books as well. And he is just some dude that decided, 
I'm gonna just take over rewriting these Conan stories. Oh wow! And um, sort of poised himself as this guy that had saved the work from obscurity because because mm. um, the original author he would claim is a bit of a kook, you know. And mm. from what I research, he is a bit of a strange dude. Okay. Vincent D'Onofrio did played him in a movie. Oh really? From the nineties. Oh wow! It's called to watch like that. the whole wide world or something. No, apparently it's not very good. Oh no. Yeah, I but it's like... about the author of Conan. Yeah. Oh wow! I do um, like D'Onofrio and. Me too. Love yeah. D'Onofrio. Cr- criminal intent. Yeah. For sure. uh, he's oh he's got. No, I know, that's a bad example. He's, he's good in all the stuff too. <laughs> but anyway, it's he's the first thing that comes like to mind. Metal jacket yeah, I know. Adventures <laughs> in Babysitting. I don't know why Criminal Intent's the, the first thing that comes to mind. No, I know what you mean though. Like, <laughs> it, Everyone's going to have their different pinpoint. For, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. If it pops to mind, hey, that, I'd say it probably pops in a lot of people's minds as well when I'm you mention sure. that dude's name. But yeah, Conan. Um, so obviously, yeah, special place for you. Uh, very to a very lot. special. Is there sort of, you know, favorite parts or bits there's heaps i mean i love the riddle of steel i love it when he's talking to his dad obviously at the start i mean i'd really just be listing off most of the film right okay my favorite parts i love him just traversing the landscape with his friends i love it when conan gets resurrected Mm -hmm. and and they've got to do those special effects where it was uh painted on the frame am i saying that right those kinds of effects where they've actually drawn in the the magical beam shooting out, all that kind of cool mm-hmm. stuff. I think that's aged. Uh, it's aged, but it's aged well. Because mm-hmm. it's so different to what you see these days with modern CGI. Um, so I love that scene. I mean, the whole sequence of him going and doing the whole Apocalypse Now ending at the end of the film, where he's creeping into the temple and he's just going to hack that dude's head off. Yeah, totally. Um, I, I think it's awesome. I mean... Even, uh, I'd say if I had to pick a favorite, I'd have to say the montage of him um, going from a kid on the wheel of pain to being an adult. That's a great little cut. It is. And then him being selected to become a gladiator in the ring, killing people. They're asking him what is best in life, you know. Yes, that's right. Crush your enemy. (laughs) Yes. Which, Um, of course, only all... Always makes me think of I sent that to you the uh, Conan the Musical oh, yeah, by Leo Lambs. <laughs> I've uh, never seen that. That was really good. Oh man! So it's, every time I think, which is bad, it, but for some reason now my uh, you're talking about D'Onofrio and just yeah. what what comes to mind now. Whenever I think of Conan, I think of that YouTube video. <laughs> so if anyone listening hasn't seen it, there's a uh, Lego Lambs uh, who started off doing literally just Lego like sort of animated, like stop motion oh, animated okay. and then did like songs and things and did a really good one for, um, it's probably like 10 years old. This, these YouTube. It seems old. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I did one for, um, Silence of the Lambs that kills me. Oh. Uh, I think that might've been the first one and hence the name Lego Lambs because it's Silence of the Lambs. I think oh, that was gosh, like the original okay. sketch that he did, but he did one a bit later for Conan and it's, that song just gets stuck in my head. Uh, the whole crush your enemies. <laughs> you know, see the driven before you. You're the lamentation of the lamentation. man. <laughs> yeah. It is very good. It's good. No, but but Conan does, you know, I can't understate it enough. I, I know we've kind of um, sort of skimmed over it a bit. It, it sounds like it's a shallow kind of fantasy film that's only good at, you know, for the pulpy kind of action of it. But but it is it is a film where they are taking the material seriously. Yeah. It feels like an epic. The music is incredible and the soundtrack mm-hmm. and the costume design is amazing. Like everything is on point. And I don't think you get a lot of movies like that 
in the 80s or 90s or even today where it is feels really large in scope. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. a lot of those Conan knockoffs like Kral or oh, The Sword God. and the Sorcerer what a terrible movie. or Beastman or whatever, like they don't feel as epic and large. Like this had a huge budget. It's Absolutely. Dino De Laurentiis and he doesn't fuck around. No, <laughs> no. Like that scene at the start where um, they come in there and destroy... Um, Oh, the village. Ar- Arnie's village, yeah. Oh, brutal. It's, just, it's brutal, but also just the scale of that alone yeah. is... um. Like oh, I, I yeah. always remember that, like being like, oh, wow, that was just, yeah, you know. Yeah, um, you're right. Like right off the bat, you get, you know, great big set pieces and yeah. they've built this village and they're going to burn it down. And, yeah, literally. Um, and just that, the, the moment where he is, I, I don't know if um, the main bad guy, James L. Jones, mm-hmm. he, he plays it absolutely straight as well. Oh, yes. But yep. he, uh, he is staring into Conan's, He's sort of staring into her soul almost. And I'm not sure if it's like he's hypnotized her or whatever, but he then just turns and oh, okay, goes and then the next head. thing you see yeah. is the head fall down while Conan's still holding onto his mum's hand. And I remember oh. as a kid just being like, that's fucked up. Yeah, that's an that, incredible that brutal shit. Yeah. And, um, but it's, Absolutely. but yeah, so like I know we're saying that it is this, you know, weird, you know, bodybuilder and a surfer and a dancer. You know, Sandal Bergman's so beautiful as well in this movie. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Um, I think, I wish her role was a bit more expanded on because she kind of has a small part. I think there probably could have, you know, there's things that I would change obviously with it, Mm. but nah, man, I'll I'll stop rambling on about Conan. I just want to say that I do, it does hold a very special place. Nice. I like it. Well, I was going to say, should we talk more about um, some of our favorites of each of these categories as we go through each of the well, episodes. At, at the end, let's, the let's end. pick a favorite for yeah. each one. Sure, yeah. that's fine. Um, yeah, but, that sounds but cool. for now, you're right. Let's move on to... I think it's probably not a bad thing. I, we don't have to spend a lot of time on the next one. Um, everything that we were saying was so great about Conan the Barbarian yeah. is not in this film at all. Conan the Destroyer. Yeah. From what I've heard, Conan the Barbarian was like, making that film was like a summer camp. Everyone was having fun. They're riding these big motorized snakes, you know, all this wild oh, stuff wow, they're okay. doing. And Conan the Destroyer, on the other hand, is, um, you know, Arnold is contractually obligated mm. with Dino De Laurentiis to make this sequel. People aren't having as much fun on the set of this movie, from mm. what I've heard. And it kind of shows in the film. When was the last time, if ever, did, have you ever seen Conan I have the Destroyer? Seen it. I was when I was in high school. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I've I watched see- Conan the Barbarian. Several times. Oh, yeah. You know, like, yeah. Uh, I've never know. gone back to Conan the Destroyer. No, same with Red Sonja. Uh, also did yeah. not. I watched that once, uh, again, when I was in high school. Yeah. but um, He's not even playing Conan in that. They they have to change the name because there was like a rights issue. Right. It's okay. so silly. But Conan the Destroyer, I, I, was, I remember watching it coming on TV and just feeling like, oh, wow, um, really lacking in so yeah. many ways of everything that made the other one great. And Conan's one of those franchises, I feel, where they missed an opportunity to keep producing quality content. The only mm-hmm. thing we get after this really is the Jason Momoa Conan, which I haven't seen and I don't think is rated too highly at all. No. But there's promises I remember playing of the King game Conan. that came out related to that. Oh, yeah. Which was yeah. actually all right. There's a cool TV animated <laughs> show about Conan as well. Yeah, okay. I used to watch on Cheese TV, you know, in the morning. But no, the game is really cool yeah. from what I've heard. Yeah, like just a fun sort of hack and slash, basically. Yeah. You go on an adventure and you yeah. find weapons and kill things. Yes, yeah. But Conan, um, there is talks of King Conan in the future, which apparently is unforgiven. 
but with an old Arnold Schwarzenegger playing King Conan. Oh, um, which okay. is which I will absolutely be there for. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I just I wish we had more cool Conan movies mm-hmm. along the way. We've only got Conan the Barbarian so far. Yeah. And um, Conan the Destroyer. Yeah, not much. Do you have anything else to say on Conan the Destroyer? Not really. Yeah, um, this movie, I. <laughs> You know, as much as it's been quite a few years since I've seen Conan um, the Barbarian, um, like we talked about the uh, the mum getting her head chopped off, like yeah. there's scenes like that and moments like that that still stick in my mind. Yeah. I don't remember anything from Conan the Destroyer at all. Nah, I remember some weird blue like, palace, ice palace thing. Right. And, no. Um, there's that actress in it that, oh, I can't remember. Anyway. Yeah. Which is, you know, I think it just goes to show like... Yeah, it's mm. probably a bit, you know, probably probably a forgettable film. At least it was for me. Very forgettable, I think, in general. Yeah, right. But um, he has to he has to wait until doing the next film because he's stuck doing Conan the Destroyer. Right. But while he's on Conan, he's telling his colleagues and he's saying, "Hey, there's this there's this dude James Cameron that wants me to play this role. He wants me to play Kyle Reese. Yes, in the Terminator, mm-hmm. which is 1984." Um, I love The Terminator. I love The Terminator, yeah. The Terminator. You're dead, honey. What day is it? The date? 12th, May, Thursday. What year? Assigned to protect you. You've been targeted for termination. Why does it want me? Why me? But he was originally going to play Kyle Reese. Yeah, wasn't that wild? Yeah. yeah. I'm very happy that um, when James Cameron met him, yeah. he went... Oh no, wait a second. You you should be the Terminator, not start sketching him. Yeah. Do you know who we wanted to play the Terminator? Oh no. OJ Simpson. Really? Well, I think okay. that I think that's what maybe the studio was wanting to suggest, but James Caron was like, nah, you know, we're not gonna have um OJ Simpson mm-hmm. chasing a white girl around trying to kill her. Um but when yeah, like you said, when he saw Arnold, he he was like, Oh no, you're my guy, you're you're the Terminator, sketched him and all that. Yeah. Um Well he's right. Yeah, because like, as much as he's also perfect for Conan because of mm. his ridiculous physique, uh, yeah. he's very much perfect for Terminator because he's just this beast of a man in terms of he's like he's to the extent where it's like yeah he's almost not human he's almost it makes sense that he would be half man half machine yeah uh, so. uh, and I love the idea well he's not half man half machine. He's a cyborg. And True, that, sorry. That means my, he my is, bad. He's a full cyborg, but he's just covered in human flesh to allow time flesh. travel. Correct, yes. Which I, is a I, great I'm, way to explain away the lack I'm of clothing. I'm sure It's a very short hand description. <laughs> no, I know. I'm, just, I'm just nitpicking. Um, but it, I thought that the only reason I mentioned it was because I thought it is a very clever plot device to explain why they don't have clothes and they don't have guns. Yep. Because they can only um, teleport uh, living tissue mm-hmm. or, you know, a cyborg with living tissue, uh, encased in living tissue, which is a funny uh, or just a really smart way to do it. Absolutely, yeah. 
But I love Terminator because it's the only, and we've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. And I've been waiting to talk about Terminator, you know, at length. Nice. Um, so I'm very happy to be here. But Terminator is the only film in the franchise that is more of a horror leaning, you know, inspired by John Carpenter's Halloween. Absolutely. Yeah. Which I think uh, encapsulates a lot of uh, seven, a lot of uh, 80s movies. Yeah. Is, uh, the Halloween. You can feel that. Uh, Halloween influence in a lot of movies. We'll get to Predator later as well. That's also influenced by, uh, you know, the slashes. Yeah. And the slashes were very dominant throughout the 80s. Oh, yeah. I never thought of it like so that. So we will talk We'll cool. talk more about that in, a, obviously, the the horror slasher episode. We, we got do. a few, yeah, we got but, a few uh, movies before Predator comes up here. But, and uh, also, I mean, in terms of just the, the amount of other horror movies, you know, your sleepaway camps, et cetera, yeah. that are uh, the Nightmare on Elm Streets and so on that basically... You know, we're inspired by Halloween and we'll talk more in a a separate episode. But yes, Terminator is very much inspired by by Halloween, but also inspired by um, a dream he had. Oh, right. James Cameron had a dream where he was pursued by a crawling robot that had kitchen knives in his hands and it it was crawling through fire to come kill him. And that was apparently his inspiration for the Terminator. I was going to say it was also inspired by another uh, Carpenter film, Escape from New York. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. But what year is Escape from New York? Is that 82, 83? 81. 81. Something okay. like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was definitely was. You can see it by, you know, just in terms of the way it was Gritty, shot and the lighting grungy, and yeah. that sort of, you know, that wet pavement kind of look and yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yes. I love the ingenuity of Terminator 1. It's like a six and a half million dollar budget. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he like we were saying, in being inspired by John Carpenter, like John Carpenter showed that you can make a cool horror movie, but just a cool movie with a low budget, which goes back to, you know, like we were talking about doing Night of the Living Dead and just, you know, George Romero sort of using that low budget to create something uh, and then it becomes something, a huge cultural milestone. It invents the zombie genre. Absolutely. And then John Carpenter doing it as well. There had been like Texas Chainsaw and there had been psycho and there had been like black christmas but he does it in the same way he uses a low budget mm-hmm. big idea and then just inspires tons more which is what i love it's a nice little tangent off sorry a little side note to the no but no, then yeah like right, like you're saying james cameron is like well i'm gonna do the i'm gonna do my version of halloween but i'm gonna blend in this sci-fi horror yeah he thought he had invented something like i'm inventing sci-fi horror as if alien hadn't come out in yeah. you know five years earlier or whatever <laughs> also he uh had done also this is very heavily inspired to the extent where it thanks them in the credits that outer limits episode oh really yeah that's did, did james cameron get like sued or did, did. someone try to claim that's that... why yeah yeah, yeah. Um, okay and he had to they, they did james cameron had to pay the uh, writer of that episode. Yeah. Because so. I remember he, you can find like sketches online of James Cameron sort of having that kind of nightmare and then waking up and doing sketches. And it, I think it was a case of not parallel thinking. He was obviously inspired by it and putting yeah. it in the credits, but I can't prove that like Terminator is his idea, but he can't prove that he wasn't influenced enough, you know? Oh yeah, exactly. And look, you know, what's that saying? Some of the best art is, uh, art is, um, you know, inspired by yeah. previous art. Or something like what something great like artists steal. Yeah, exactly. Something yeah. like that. One so, of those old cliches. Hey, yeah. Um, I just want to give a shout out to to the producer 
of Terminator because uh, this was someone, I think this was one of James Cameron's wives initially. I was going to say, (laughs) that's so funny. I was literally about to say, yeah, shout out to his wife because who they uh, separated at the end of the, the 80s, which I think says a lot about his trajectory post the 80s too. Yeah, okay. Well, Gail Ann Hurd, I just wanted to look up her name because I think with her influence as well, I I don't know if James Cameron tried to underplay her role in like, you know, punching up the script with him and writing Mm -hmm. the script, but there are those things that make Sarah Connor more of an icon. Mm -hmm. The film isn't, you know, we're not going to sit here and argue that it's a feminist masterpiece, but for the early 80s, it was pretty good, you know, to see a woman... Uh, have the killing blow on the Terminator. And totally. Yeah. She doesn't have as much to do for the whole time and she is having these dudes decide her fate, which isn't points in the feminism camp. But she was, you know... Um, Badass. She was delivering like that final line. She was saving Carl Reese at one point. Yep. You know, she's helping build pipe bombs. And and then Terminator 2 just launches that even further. Absolutely. Where yep. she is, she does have the ability to defend herself and live and she's planned for it yeah. but it makes sense in terminator one that she doesn't have that because she's meant to just be this um, oh yeah exactly you know, this 19 year old waitress yeah i like i like that she kind of gets the date cancels on her and that's james cameron's voice on the answering machine oh, is it? The date. oh no, okay. but i like that the, she then goes to the cinema and dinner by herself yeah i think that's really cool I think she drives a moped that's pretty cool she's got a very independent woman yeah yeah she does yeah one thing it's like made me think about how wild the eighties were. Yeah, was the fact that she called um, the cops from a phone in the dance floor of a nightclub. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, wow, what a time, man. Yeah, what a time. Ah, oh, man, that whole nightclub is amazing. Tech so, noir. Yeah, right. Which also is like yeah. you know, obviously the that's the kind of film that he's making. That was James Cameron's label. He thought, I'm making, I've invented a genre. This is yeah. tech noir, you know. Um, but I guess it's sort of like sci-fi horror. Yeah, blade, totally. You know? I mean, yeah. Um, but yeah, he is doing something pretty new because this is like you were saying earlier, like one of the big 80s blockbusters mm-hmm. made for a low budget. It brings in like 70, 80 mil um, and it still holds up. Yeah, and launches uh, Arnie, I feel like. I yeah. feel like... Um, as much as Conan put Arnie on the radar for a lot of people, this was the one that put him into the stratosphere. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, we were saying before that Arnold was maybe perceived as a big dum-dum. Yeah. He's all body. And then in Conan, he didn't have a lot of lines. In this movie, he has virtually no lines. Mm-hmm. But everything he does say is really cool and quotable. Right. And it's it's 100% working to his strengths Yeah, as an actor. Yeah. Um, he's this... Seemingly indestructible, huge domineering force. Mm. You know, yeah. it's because yeah, I can't understate how much of a just. He's so imposing. Imposing, that, yes. There, there are He's shots where huge, huge, huge person, that, and yeah, he just is him alone. Just his size coming into a room, like when she's in the nightclub, yeah, and it's just like it's so terrifying. Yeah, it's incredible, it's and really it's part, good, a lot of it's it? just just. The way he moves, the way he's built. Yeah. And then when he does say those lines, yeah, it just, it, it works. Uzi 9mm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he asks for a plasma rifle and the guy's like, look, it's just what you see. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, like they, I think some of the shots when you're watching it again, you're like some of the shots you'll see that he is, 
you know, it's over his shoulder and the like the guy in the gun shop, he looks tiny. Yeah. And that that guy um that is the boyfriend that's about to get the shit beaten out of him earlier on. Mm-hmm. You know, he's out there having sex and she's got the headphones on. He's like, Don't make me bust you up, man. He comes back for more after getting thrown through a glass window. But yeah. even like that dude's kind of uh, got a build as well, but he's he doesn't look like much compared to exactly Arnold. Um, but yeah, that that is sort of where people I think are suddenly, from what I hear, you know, I wasn't around at the time to mm. to witness the shift in their attitudes towards Arnold. But that you're right, like that's the movie where it's suddenly like he's much more than just a simple bodybuilder. Yeah, that has a few lines in movies. Not like the butt of the joke so yeah. much. What's it? I mean, you think about the movies that for most people and myself included, when you think of Arnie, you think of the Terminator. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and you think of I'll be back. Yep. They just all go hand in hand. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Um, should we move on? Maybe we can come back to Terminator. I think we should, yeah. Uh, next one, uh, 1985, Red Sonja. Uh, this one. Yeah. I don't know if I saw it as a young person uh, very much at all. I know I've seen it, mm-hmm. but didn't think enough of it to ever have it linger in my mind. <laughs> Same. It's very similar to Conan the Destroyer for me. Yeah. It's, it's overshadowed by yeah. tons of other better stuff. So um, we might, you know, that, that's Red Sonja, you know, 1985. We mentioned it. We, we mentioned got it, it out there. Yeah. But the next one is uh, Commando, also in 1985. They hunted him down. You know, Colonel, we went to a lot of trouble to find you. They murdered his friends. And they took the only thing he would kill for. If he wants your kid back, then you gotta cooperate. Right? Wrong. Now, somewhere, somehow, someone's gonna pay. Yeah, and much more important... Not just a better film, but also mm. uh, more important in terms of the zeitgeist of Arnie. Yeah. I feel like this kind of took him to that yeah. next level of that sort of larger-than-life action man. At this point, it's it feels like uh, just based on what Commando is and how it's presented, it feels mm-hmm. like it's almost a satire on the big, dumb, goofy Rambo kind of films. Absolutely, yep. And Arnold is really embracing yes. that image, you it know, is. to his benefit. Because oh. Commando kicks ass. Commando does <laughs> kick ass. Yeah, it's I literally so watched fun. it last night in preparation for this. How did it hold up? Oh, look, it's very silly. Like, oh my God, silly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a hell of a lot of fun. I just, the, so much fun. The thing that I always love, and I might jump on and just watch it every now and then on YouTube or whatever, is just that first five, ten minutes. Oh, yeah. You know, where you're not sure quite what you're watching. It's like mm-hmm. he's hanging out with his daughter and it's all like nice. And like then, of course, the shit hits the fan and it becomes full-blown. Yeah. Because, you know, you you get the title card, I think, while he's playing with his daughter and like, you know, happy family type stuff. You're like, wait, I thought this was Commando. What am I watching? <laughs> <laughs> so it's a fun movie to show people for the first time that haven't seen it before. Alisa Milano, you mean, as his daughter. <laughs> Is that Alyssa Milano? Yeah. Oh, who, wow. Like, yeah, it's wild. When you see her, you're kind of like, oh, wow, she looks like how you think of Alyssa Milano, but yeah. it's like a kid. <laughs> it's weird. It's like <laughs> yeah. you look like a much more older than you are, actually are. Um, but yeah, yeah it's, wow. it's that movie, man. Uh, it's it's a wild, wild movie. It is probably one of the most quotable Arnie films, mm-hmm. if let, let alone action movies full stop. Yeah. You know, let off some Steam Bennett, you know. Remember, Sully, when I promised to kill you last, I lied. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, it's just so good, man. It's so many 80s elements. I talked to before about, like, 
the uh, Terminator having the phone in the nightclub. Yeah. There's a lot of like uh, phone booths in this movie that just really like, you're like, oh, wow, I remember phone booths. Mm. Um, and then <laughs> it's like, he literally picks up a phone booth and throws it at somebody, which is incredible. <laughs> There's a lot of those moments. Like he yeah. pulls out of someone, he pulls out a poor woman's uh, passenger seat of a car. You know, he picks <laughs> up and he picks up another car and lifts it up. He, you know, he just does all these like ridiculously larger than life action guy stuff. Yeah. Um, but the phone booth thing, it's like, you know, there's, it's so how ridiculous this movie is. It's like, so the bad guys put Arnie, just kidnapped his, his daughter and then puts him on the, uh, on this flight yeah. to, I can't remember where it is, some country. And he has to like, when he gets off the plane, you know, call, call the guy, mm. um, to let him know he's there. So Arnie's like running around like, cause you know, he jumps out of the plane. He doesn't make, doesn't fly off. Like, and so he's got 11 hours to track down this bad guy as an operation yeah. and save his daughter. Um, and so he's like, shit, I gotta make contact with the guy. So he's running around trying to find a phone booth, <laughs> you know, yeah. which is just hilarious. And then the bad guys are literally sitting there at the, at his house by the phone waiting <laughs> for Arnie to call him. <laughs> it's just, oh man, it's just something that this wouldn't, doesn't quite translate today because it's yeah. like, you know, everyone would have mobile phones. Like, oh, what is course. going on? Like, remember when you just had to sit by the phone waiting for somebody to call you? Yep. I, <laughs> I remember calling my friends and having to try to pull that phone cord as long as yes. I could so that I could hide somewhere behind a closed door to, to talk, you oh, know, uh, I just remember my poor. I remember my poor, exactly. I remember my poor parents, you know, and my mm. high school girlfriend and we would just spent hours after like on school nights chatting on the phone and they'd yeah. just be like I roll like come on like mm-hmm. people need to use the phone like but get yeah. off the phone <laughs> um no I mean I I've, it's been so long since I saw Commando but when I did see it I really loved it I remember it's one of those goofy movies where it's nobody goofy. ever runs out of ammo yes one of those sorts of things oh yeah there's like one bit so where like 12, 12 guys just jump on Arnie and he mm. just does that classic like throws yeah. it and they all just fall over it's just like he's a Marvel superhero exactly he's 100% yeah. like a superhero in this movie it's 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 so stupid but so much fun I mean look I think the image of him that everyone thinks of in that movie with holding the rocket launcher mm kind of just encapsulates that whole yeah. large and life action hero man that he yeah. kind of that persona that he kind of embodied i feel like post commando mm-hmm. um you know true lies and um you know eraser and all those yeah those movies are kind of i feel like none the, of them had that sort of satirical almost edge to them that this one does yeah which is because what yeah like when you think of it in the time it was released, it, it was riffing on stuff like Stallone. Oh, and I imagine Rambo, Stallone yeah. it was just seething when this shit came out. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, he's, uh, yeah, well, in 1985, was it? You mm-hmm. know, Over the Top's only two years away, and we've talked about where Stallone's trajectory, he was kind of in a lull at that point mm-hmm. with Cobra and all that stuff. Uh, so when Stallone was sort of having his trough, you know, this is just Arnie coming up and coming up and filling that gap even more so. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you can't, you still can't understate that Stallone is responsible for like, you know, Rambo is one of the best action movies ever. Totally. And yep. opens that door. Not Maybe not opens a door, but he's just there first with, mm-hmm. with the first Rambo movie. Um, but after that, uh, Raw Deal in 96. Raw Deal, yeah. I, um, I have seen this movie quite recently. Right. And I I just remember, you know, thinking it's good, 
it's serviceable, but when I want my fill of 80s Arnold action movies, I, I've got so many more options. Mm-hmm. You know, Commando, Predator, even Red Heat is kind of better than Raw Deal. I agree. It's fun and goofy, but it's it feels like it's not doing anything too memorable mm-hmm. compared to the others. Yeah, it's a movie that I've not watched in years and I also remember very little. Yeah. So. I'd probably I'd probably like get stoned and watch it with friends. Sure. Yeah. But I wouldn't put it on um yeah, like it as an example of a good Arnold movie, I, I wouldn't lean on it too heavily. I'm sorry to all the Raw Deal fans out there. I yeah, know it's beloved yeah. by a big pocket. I was going to say, people, but, uh, I know yeah. there is some definitely some big fans out there of this movie. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. It, it's it's good. It's good. We've just got other movies that we probably want to talk more about before our time runs out. Exactly. Uh, like so the next was, movie. <laughs> so that was the 1986. So now we're 1987 with Predator. Yeah. In a part of the world where there are no rules. We pick up their trailer at the chopper, run them down, grab those hostages before anybody knows we were there. What do you mean we? Deep in the jungle, where nothing that lives is safe. You lose it here. You're in a world of hurt. Showtime, kid. Knock, knock. An elite rescue squad. You're bleeding, man. I ain't got time to bleed. <laughs> is being led by the ultimate warrior. We need the best. That's why you're here. But now... What's got Billy so spooked? There's something out there waiting for us. And it ain't no man. They're up against the ultimate enemy. Which is an absolute classic, I think. Oh, it's a banger. Um, we talked before about Terminator, the whole... Um, and I talked about it before with the merging of, you know... Uh, Taking Slash that slashes and then mixing it with sci-fi action, this is very much in that same vein of mm. taking that slasher, it's, you know, ideas of, yeah. you know, the, the creature hunting and stalking a bunch of, you know, victims. Yeah, it's and really then, similar to The Thing. Yes. It's, it's funny to yeah. me, like, the, what a cool double feature this would be with The Thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, but you're right, like, yeah, it's a bunch of dudes instead of a bunch of young teenage mm-hmm. men and women. It's just all men that are these beefed up, ridiculous like uh the special military best. unit yeah yep. the best of the best mm-hmm. and you've got uh who's that californian dude that wrestler guy jesse ventura yeah jesse yeah. ventura he's iconic in this too i oh think that's, my God. that's the role i always think of when i think of him yeah uh, when he's got that minigun and he's just literally obliterating the whole forest yeah he just loses it yeah it's so good but uh, they it, with all their guns you know it, they don't stand a chance exactly. arnie has to Strip it right back and yep. you know figure out a way to get down and deal with this dude. Yeah, the the one character that I love is that Native American guy that oh, kind yes, of like the stands, tracker guy. Yeah. Well, when everyone else is escaping off over this bridge, he he sort of recognizes the situation and just sort of stands there and you know oh. gets his battle gets himself battle ready with his knife. Yeah, and I think he gets killed immediately. Yes, <laughs> <You know? laughs> true. Um, and then Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers, who's yes. fantastic in this. He's a real dickhead in this movie. Oh, he is, yeah. His character's a dickhead, yeah, not Carl Weathers. No, 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 of course. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's just super iconic in this. You know, obviously the handshake he does with Arnie at the start of the oh, film and the, yeah. you know, the throbbing biceps and yeah. the close-up of him is so... Uh, you, you son know. of a bitch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Uh, and then, of course, when he gets his arm shot off like, yeah. from the Predator is just... Oh, he picks up the gun and he's just while he's shooting. It's amazing. Yeah. So it just, I love this movie a lot. Oh, uh, me too. Me too. You, you like Predator, you chuck it on, you're kind of surprised at how well it holds up. Yeah. 
because for the first chunk of it, you're like, oh, this movie's kind of silly. It's very homoerotic. Oh, absolutely. All these yeah. very sweaty, muscular men, you uh-huh. know, doing manly stuff and manly word, you know, phrases and all that. But then it, it turns and they're just getting obliterated. Yeah. No matter how many guns they've got. It's so good. So good. The other thing too, John McTiernan is the director. Yeah, John um, McTiernan. You know, the obviously director of Die Hard. I thought it was interesting though when I looked up John McTiernan on um, IMDb. Yeah. Just a quick side note. Um, I just thought like, why is he listed as known for, you know, like IMDb does the known yeah. for, known for Die Hard. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Rollerball and <laughs> last action hero. Where's the hunt for Red October? Yeah. Right. Where's, and where's Predator? Hunt for Red October. Predator? Should both them two should be up there. It should be them and Die Hard. Yeah. It makes no sense to me anyway. John, IMDb John for Mc... listening. Yeah. <laughs> Fix your algorithm Fix or whatever. That shit. What's going on? Maybe it's maybe you are getting recommendations and other people are getting different ones. Oh, maybe. Maybe it's maybe just it's me. catering to you and it's like, Jimmy, just watch the new rollerball. <laughs> maybe. Watch the old rollerball, everybody. <laughs> watch the nineteen seventies one. Yeah, yeah. Because that is a awesome movie. I'd love to talk about rollerball one day. We could have dropped it in when we did our weird, obscure sports movies. We could, actually, yes. James Kahn on fucking roller skates, just throwing a metal baller. It's sick. <laughs> but the new rollerball is fucking terrible. Yeah. yeah. John McTiernan does have, like, an interesting wiki read. He does. Talking yes. about, like, peaks and troughs. Holy shit. He troughed mm-hmm. hard. <laughs> he also peaked hard, too. He peaked hard, man. Die yeah. hard. Die hard, right? Yeah. And for October is, like, you know, the, you, yeah. the dad classic it is the dad <laughs> classic but I, i've come to really love hunt for it me too yeah it's, it's really like one good. of my comfort movies yeah. now yeah yeah i'm with you i think yeah. it's definitely the best um what's his name the uh jack R- jack ryan, ryan. Yeah, yeah it's definitely the best jack ryan movie absolutely without yeah. a doubt um and then predator 2 you know he really was on a tear that director yeah. in the 80s but predator is also like terminator like conan it's a franchise that has one good movie. Predator mm-hmm. 2 is fine, you know. Yeah, sure, yeah. But they try to redo it. They try to redo Terminator, try yeah. to redo Conan. And, and Predator, of course, has some kind of like famous bad sequel attempts. Oh, my God, Where it just yeah. gets ter- canned in the reviews, mm-hmm. you know. Nothing beats the that new first one, though, Predator that new movie. One, have you seen the new one, Prey? Apparently it's, not, apparently it's oh, pretty good. Oh, yeah, no, you're right. I take that back. I've heard that Prey is very good. Yeah. Yes. But the one prior to that, Predator's... Oh, with yes. like Adrian Brody and all that. That was a fun. Is that the one that's um written by um Kiss Kiss Bang Bang writer? Oh. Um, no, no. That's... Weapon? Was that Predator? No, Pre- that, that no. was the other Predator. The Predator. Yeah. The Predator, yeah. That, that was the other one that was a bit more com- comedic and goofy. Yeah. The Adrian Brody one is dead serious. Okay. Yeah, the tone of right. that's very different. Which is, it's not bad actually in retrospect thinking about it now compared to the other crappy I Predator I actually haven't remakes. seen any of them. I saw Alien vs. Predator. That was the last uh, oh, Predator. I hate Alien vs. Predator. Yeah. They're uh, so bad. And um, I haven't watched any since, so there you go. But yeah, I mean... It just continues the run of Arnold's sick, you know. I know we said Raw Deal's not that hard and Red Sign and all that, but I mean, for this decade, we, we're talking about some of the best action movies ever. Absolutely. You yeah, know. between Conan, Terminator, Commando and this. Oh, yeah. And that's the all within five years. And, and, then, I mean, and then we've got straight after this. Yeah. Should we move into it? Let's jump in. Yeah, straight after this, we have... The Running Man. The Running Man. This is another really fun movie. Yeah. Similar to a Commando, I feel like, in a similar kind of vein of just a really fun, quotable, yeah. or just it's quite absurd, but 
it's a good fun time. It's yeah, it feels like it leads into something like Total Recall really well. Absolutely, it's got a really. And speaking of high concept films, yeah, and what I was talking about at the top of the show, and the eighties being you know filled with many mm. high concept films. This is one of those perfect examples of just a really high concept, yeah. post apocalyptic idea. Uh, but you know they run with it. I think it's fun. I think it's cool. I really love the idea. I haven't seen The Running Man for a long time, mm. but when I did watch it, I remember enjoying the hell out of it. And um, it's yeah, a good double feature with Total Recall for me. Yeah. I wish I wish Total Recall was 1989. It would have snuck in on the list. Oh we could have talked yes. about that because that, that is be another banger. Absolutely, that'd be a contender for sure. Maybe in the future, if we do. Um, another run of themed episodes and we kind of moved to the 90s, which I would love to do. We are going to have so much more Arnold to talk about. Like my first exposure to Arnold, I feel like was it was Terminator mm-hmm. because my dad watched that movie. But then it's Kindergarten Cop, you know? Oh, yeah. And, and then going into all those sorts of stuff. But well, we'll, uh, we'll get to... So in the future, we'll maybe. We'll get to the episode that's kind of the uh, progenitor of that mm. at the end of this. Oh, yeah. Kind of, you know, marks the... Uh, yeah. The turn. But before we get to that, should we move on to Red Heat? Red Heat, yeah. Which you briefly touched on before. The yeah. um the buddy cop movie. Yeah. With him and um the the lesser Belushi. Yeah. Jim Belushi. <laughs> <Aww>. Sorry, Jim. <laughs> Sorry, Jim. Bloody poor poor Jim Belushi. <laughs> I know. I felt bad for saying that. But no, 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 you're not wrong though. He is the lesser Belushi. Yeah. And um Hey look, there to to high um you know, caliber or what do you call it, a high mark to, yeah. uh, you know, to reach. It is, it is. Yeah. Um, but I mean, look, Red Heat for me, like we were saying, it's better than Raw Deal, but it still kind of fits into that camp for me where I did not go back and revisit Red Heat as much. Yeah. And I only really remembered it was even out there when checking the films of 1980s for Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> so I don't have yeah. a lot to say about Red Heat. How about you? Yeah, not no, I'm very similar boat, actually. <laughs> I'm sorry again to fans of Red Heat. Uh, I've watched it at least more than Raw Deal. I think yeah. I watched Raw Deal in high school once and that was it. Yeah. Uh, that's... Red Heat, I went to. I went back to this a couple of years ago. Yeah. But still don't have a lot to say about it. Um, yeah. You know, it's just sort of a decent buddy cop action movie. Yeah. You know, it's... Um, I don't know how well the uh, geopolitics are handled. Um, yeah. or anything, but it's, you know, obviously a very much a, it's supposed to be like kind of a Jack Ryan-ish geopolitical yeah. action story. Um, it's kind of messed up how all these movies about like the Red Scare and the Russia stuff, you can still mm-hmm. watch them today and there's this whole Russia, you know, fucking shit in the news. Maybe not so much now. Everyone's kind of dulled down on the Ukraine invasion thing. It's not, it's not really newsworthy anymore. We're all kind of a bit over it. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's the cost of chips. It's a bit of a shame. Took over. <laughs> bit of a shame because it probably should be. It sucks for Ukraine. I mean, there's still exactly. Get to... Anyway, we talked about more. But anyway, well, I don't want to, you know, go political because I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> but you know what, I do know uh, a, quite a lot about. Not really, but you know, just trying to have a fun segue <laughs> is Twins from 1988. Yes. Arnold Schwarzenegger, born to be bad, and Danny DeVito. Way to go, Mom! Are twins. My name is Julius. I'm your twin brother. Obviously. The moment I sat down, I thought I was looking into a mirror. Only their mother can tell them apart. Twins, the new comedy from Ivan Reitman. Julius. What? What are you, are you allergic to something? 
And you're all swelled up. You look like you're ready to explode. Um, so some of my friends know Twins for me as like an inside joke where I've I go on holiday and just put that movie on repeat because it's raining outside. Oh, I mean, you, I mean, okay. Twins is like one of those movies that I would hire out from the video store constantly. Yeah. Just grab Twins, you know, fucking grab that shit. And Arnold is flipping his whole image. He's yes. been a crazy, you know, murderous robot and a mm-hmm. barbarian. And now he is an intellectual, extremely intelligent mm-hmm. product of genetic, you know, like genetic uh, te- testing. That's the wrong word. In, in Twins, Arnold Schwarzenegger is the product of like all of these athletes and scientists. I guess they're all kind of combining their jizz into like this kind of super jizz and they're going to put it into <laughs> this lady and have this super baby. But while Arnold Schwarzenegger is, you know, he's the creme de la creme of this super jizz, uh-huh. there was another baby, Danny DeVito, who in the movie it describes him as the leftover crap. <laughs> but yeah. it's so great because Danny DeVito is this short little, well, obviously he's short, but he is this sort of um, low-level criminal yeah. eking his way through life, scamming people, Arnold is this tall, athletic, mm-hmm. very intelligent person that um, they team up together and they're going to go on a quest to find their dad and their mom, you know. Yeah. Uh, and it's so funny. Isn't Tw- it? Twins is great. So funny, yeah. And it has a lot of heart. It does. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a, it's just, yeah. Uh, I think Danny DeVito should not be, a, you know, understated how much, how great he is in this movie. Ah, he's, he's so funny. He's so good. And, um, you know, it's got a lot of those, it still feels very 80s. There's like some skeezy kind of uh, assassin guy That's shooting nice. people with a silencer pistol, you know, and um, 80s decor and houses getting covered in blood, all this fun stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like a road trip movie. And you know how I feel about those. I love them. And um, yeah, just the interplay between the two yeah. um, is is amazing, you know. And I think they those two would... Actors would stay friends over time, and oh, nice, yeah. But yeah, Twins is just great. I, th- I always hear that they're gonna do a sequel to Twins. Yeah, me but too. it never comes. No. Yeah, maybe that's for the best. Probably. I mean, weren't we were talking of like Eddie Murphy or something at one point. Okay, Eddie <laughs> Murphy, really? Yeah, What's so- he got to do something with Twins? like that? I don't know. I can't remember. It was gonna be taken weird new directions, but yeah, okay. Going back to the actual movie that we've got. Um, I think I also shouldn't be um, taken for granted how much this um, shows how much uh, Arnie has developed as an actor. I yeah. feel like when we get around to twins, yeah. you know, um, obviously you were saying it, it shows sort of a, like... Range. A range, yeah, exactly. Mm. And a, so- a softer side. Yeah, he, and, it's, and he's doing comedy. He was doing yeah. comedy in Commando, but it was still action satire yes. stuff, but... Satire, that was a weird word to say. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're right. Now now he's just going mainly straight comedy. Yep. And um a lot more lines, <laughs> you know. Yes. <laughs> but no, I, I mean he up. he already was given a lot more to do and he was already a leading man and mm-hmm. and yeah, it's just great like that versatility that he's sort of showing in this movie. Yeah. Because he is gonna lean into that in the nineties. Oh he as is. we get kindergarten cop and yeah, junior kindergarten cop obviously Yes. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, like that's a personal top tier Arnie film for me. Yeah. Um, but what's the um one where he's trying to hunt down the um the, the toy for his son for Oh Christmas. Jingle All the Way. Jingle All the Way, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Sinbad. Yes, Sinbad, yes. Turbo so, Man. 
So you get better kindergarten cop. Oh man, doll. Sorry, I'm <laughs> yeah, a terrible honey. You get better kindergarten cop junior, then you get yeah. bursting all the way. And yeah, I, I, it's an interesting turn, and I, I am I'm all for it. I think it was you got some great gems thanks to this sort of. Um, it shows that he doesn't just want to be a yeah. one trick dude. No, absolutely not. And um, that's the last film. That's the last one. As you were saying, Total Recall is 1990. 1990, so it just misses out. But uh, we would be, normally we would be talking about it. Um, Total Recall is awesome. That's all I'll say. Oh, now, it's amazing. Yeah. We'll probably talk about it again in the future. But yeah, now's the come of time. I mean, if I if I got to pick one, um, if we're doing the favorite thing, uh, hmm, I mean, I was pretty sure Conan... The Barbarian was my favorite movie, but I'm going to give it to Terminator. Oh, wow. See, yep. I thought, hands down, Conan was going to be your pick. Yep. But uh, yeah, I'm happy to, that you said that because Terminator is also mine. Nice, man. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. No, nah, Terminator is great. I mean, the when I watch Conan the Barbarian, I, I fucking love it and I love every bit of mm-hmm. it, but I can't, I, like, that's not a movie that I could just go back to the start and rewatch once it's over because it, it does go a little bit longer. Terminator just has that vibe about it where I can ticks off a few more boxes. I can like I'll do Terminator One, Terminator Two, and if I'm in the mood a week later, I'll just do it again. Yeah, I'll move you, man. I think Terminator is watching it again this week. Mm. I realized just how efficient that movie is. That yes. movie has no fat. No fat. That is incredibly no <laughs> incredibly effective storytelling. Yes. It's also just so much of that movie is like well, sorry, hardly any of that movie is expository dialogue. There's mm. no one actually just saying what's happening. It's all just shown on screen. Yeah. You know, and you, it makes sense. You, 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 you understand the world. And yeah. You get some of it. You, you get a bit of... You do um, get a bit. You get a bit of calories saying, you know, I came across time for you, Sarah. True. True. You get a bit of it, but it's... I don't know. It's handled very well, considering yeah. it is such a high concept it idea. Is. Yes. Of this, you know, it's... It's uh, very out there, but it feels real. feels relatable. It's grounded. And, you know, and you got really yeah. kind of three main actors. you got three main characters. It's, yes. You know, the small kind of sets and the situations, and it feels very human, and despite all these out there concepts. Well, yeah, it's it just got so many cool elements to and it. And that too. Yeah. I, I love um, Sarah Connor in this movie. Even though you know, like it is a bit complicated, but you know, it does. James Cameron and and the producer writing it up and touching it up, like they do come good in the end. Mm-hmm. I think with what they let Sarah Connor's character do and who she develops into. Absolutely. And by the end, when she's got the headband and she's talking into the um to the to the what, what is she doing? She's like recording her voice. She's doing a podcast into a tape <laughs> recorder. <laughs> yeah. And she's saying, you know, what will I tell my boy? You know, will yeah, I tell him all this? Give me a headache to tell you too much. Um. But I, I love that. I love that start from she's a waitress with a pet iguana. Mm-hmm. And then, because you would, I mean, if you were a 19 year old girl and a woman and this robot from the future, is, you would have no idea what to do. I'm oh just, God, I guess yeah. I'm just going to die. And also just the fact that she's, you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it, it, it's a very, oh, yeah, you feel that progression. It, it yeah. works. It works in the context of the film. It's nothing, the it's the none film, of it that in you, Mexico and you're like, yes, bring on Terminator And it too. makes sense and it's believable and none of it feels That's like right. out of place and wrong or odd or weird or anything. And also just, you know, Kyle, um, Kyle is, Reese is sort of, you think he's going to be, you know, he's following her down the street. He's like this creep, you know, like, oh, shit, like. You can feel her 
Yeah. Like, under, you can understand why she would be like, oh, shit, who's this creepo, like, following me around and that. And you, you know, like, obviously, you know he's the good guy. But you, but you don't. If but, you're watching it for the first time and you don't know if you've lived under a rock and you don't know Terminator. True. Yeah, you probably would. Like, yeah. when this movie came out, it must have been so cool to see it for the first time because you're like, I'm, you're not sure what Kyle Reese is there for. Yeah. Unless maybe, I don't know if the promotional materials gave much away, mm. but you're you're sitting there going, man, he's putting on his Nikes. He's stooging some clothes. He's he's getting the cop's gun, and Sarah Connor is afraid because the, the Terminator's been wiping out other Sarah Connors from the phone book. Yep. And then this dude is stalking her. Her her future baby daddy is stalking her. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. Then of the moment where you get come with me if you want to live. Yeah. It's a great moment. So good. It's yeah. so 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 satisfying. But Kyle Reese is he's just great because. His character is like, you can tell that he's maybe, I don't know, I don't know if he's a virgin or not, but you can tell that he has just been living a shithole life, shithole existence Mm -hmm. in the future, fighting off robots and, you know, getting dogs around to bark at the Terminators. And when he's come to, in the past, he's just so like, I don't know, like what, how would you describe it? He is... um, He's a man out of time and you feel that. But but he's got a photo of Sarah Connor. Oh I right! I don't yeah. know where this photo come from. Like I I jerked off a thousand times to <laughs> photo Sarah for you, and you know when he finally does when she does hop on, I mean you know I guess he's uh, I guess he's a fertile dude. What can I you know maybe she's a fertile chick. It, it's he's one and done. That's it. Yeah. That's all it took. I mean, let's just... <laughs> like he blew right through the back. Yeah, <laughs> I let's love that just... moment in Bo is Afraid. It's spoiler alert. It's one of my favorite. He, bits. um, I mean, he, has, he had a lot of build-up stress, man. You, you watching that movie, watch energy. that movie again, and yeah. you see afterwards, like, yeah, that, that you can see now in his face. That's a man who's uh finally yeah. like got a, some relief that he's been oh, needing yeah. his whole life. But it's both kind of, I don't know if it's romantic, I don't know if it's from a woman's perspective, but but it is both extremely creepy and extremely like, wow, like you did come across time to save me. Thanks, yeah. bro. Yeah. <laughs> Not a lot of dudes can say that. Maybe Dracula can say that. <laughs> yeah. Waited oceans of time for you. Yeah. But um, no, nah, it, it, I do love Terminator. And I'll let you... Um, Jump to your thoughts too in a moment. I'm sorry, but the, no. the one thing that I love, and I know I've said this on this podcast before, but like it feels like a road trip movie, which I love. Mm-hmm. But it also just when I see this movie, I I prefer it to Terminator Two. I still love Terminator Two. Me too. It's sort of like Mad Max One and Mad Max Two. How Number Two is the better beefed up version. Yeah. But there's something about the first Terminator that just I really love. Me too. And what I boil that down to is that it is like. It fills that gap in me that I didn't know that I needed, which is the plot of these two people being stalked by a un- virtually unkillable machine mm-hmm. across, you know, you got to get in the car and drive away late at night and then he's always out there. It's like some It Follows kind of vibe. Yeah, sure. And I just love that so much. Yeah. Um, and Terminator 2 has a little bit of that, but it also has the more family, you know, friendly vibe of, Little John Connor and stuff. Mm-hmm. Great sequel. Oh, incredible but, sequel. But Terminator 1 for me is super special. I'll let you have your uh, piece on it too, bro. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no, you're right, man. I mean, I think I can set a lot of what I felt earlier. Mm. Um, but I, I feel the same as you. I think um, it's kind of, it's really grounded in, in so many ways, as I was saying before, about just you kind of got that 
you know, the three main characters and, yeah. you know, uh, it kind of the low budget, it actually does a service to the film. Like having that restriction in terms yeah. of what they could do made it really like contained in these kind of, you know, like it's yeah. just so much like terrifying, like, you know, obviously the relatable in terms of like the, of Sarah Connor being followed by Kyle Reese and being terrified and then, and then, of course, being stalked by the Terminator later. Yeah. But then also all the little, like, when they do the little action pieces at the end where it's, you know, inside that factory, it's all, like, really close claustrophobic mm. spaces and it's just, uh, I don't know. It, it's Something so... Something you don't get in the other films. Yeah. Um, it almost get a little too large and yeah. bombastic. Um, yeah. And in this one, it's just, oh, that. it's just great. It's a yeah. really great mixing these large ideas into sort of small relatable you know pieces that we can yeah. uh, digest I, I do love it. it it does have something that the other terminator movies don't sustain or don't keep going yeah but like terminator 3 sucked terminator genesis was fine i guess but a mm. bit forgettable dark fate i thought was not as bad but none of them are going to do or lean more on that horror angle of it where it's this unkillable thing just coming to get you yep. and you just have to run and try to prepare build a pipe bomb or two i don't know but um and the other thing that's cool about terminator is the special effects like you know james cameron is a the dude sort of coming up with these cool ideas yeah. and they have they have aged but they've yes. kind of aged in a way that makes them um what's what i'm looking for like you you appreciate them despite knowing that they're cheesy special effects like there's a spaceship that's clearly on strings you know like a model thing yeah, yeah. you know being flown around and arnie's fake face when he's pulling out his eyeball um it's kind of endearing these endearing these is a good effects. word because yeah. yes like yes they are dated and, and i was reading an article actually earlier from um uh it was on ebert.com yeah not, not actually ebert but it was someone talking about 30 years later and the and they were saying, like, even at the time, they weren't, you know, the most effective special effects. They yeah. weren't the most, you know, but there was just a charm to them, endearing yeah. uh, uh, is the right word. It, they they work, you know, they, it, you, yeah. you don't, yes, as much as there's moments like that with the, the eye and the, you know, and the, the mirror scene yeah. that's very, you know, a clearly an animatronic and not Arnie at times and all that stuff. I don't know. It doesn't. It all works for me. It doesn't, didn't, uh, you know, take me out of it. Didn't make me lose any appreciation for the film whatsoever. No, no. Uh, I'm sure some audiences will. I know some people, especially these days, can be very picky when it comes to the CG and so on. Yeah. But I don't know. It's something about uh, when practical effects. It doesn't. I don't mind sometimes when a practical effect is noticeable as a practical effect. No, you're right. I agree. Yeah, yeah I don't and mind this is a, and this is one of those movies that's perfect for that, where it's like. Yeah, I know that's not Arnie in that bit, and it's an animatronic, but yeah. you know what? Who cares? It looks cool anyway. When they put the sunnies on him after he's done pulling his eyeball out, yeah. and it's the sunglasses on the yes. fake head, it doesn't look that bad anymore. No, and it looks cool. I yeah. think it still looks cool, even if it is, like, obviously not, you yeah. know, a, a cheap effect. It's still fun. Like, it's still... And the know. way James Cameron did a similar thing, but in Terminator 2, is ingenious, mm -hmm. where he, you know, with the mirror and mm -hmm. having an identical to it. It's great stuff. Linda Hamilton's amazing in this movie. Yes, um, so good. And I love uh, um, Michael Bean mm -hmm. as well. I think he he does really well. Arnold Schwarzenegger's the star. You know, yeah. he's he's the main attraction. 
And that's that's why it's my favorite one, and yours, you know, your favorite too. I Me suppose. too. It's just so memorable. Yeah. Um, having Arnie as the villain was an incredible choice. Yeah, and it's perfectly, that's right. Perfectly fitting for the for the character because it's not many movies where the villain is on the cover. Of, you know, he's on the poster. He's yeah. the main thing. Um, yeah, not many movies like that. But I think you know it's pretty awesome to look back at it and see. Um, well, yeah, like putting yourself in the headspace of what it would have been like to see this back in 1984. Mm-hmm. You know, not much was like this. Ah, oh, it's so good though, man. So Love good. It. That's kind of it for our Arnold Schwarzenegger episode. We're keeping them nice and tight these days so that we can, um, you know, stay on schedule, give you more content. Uh, we're going to be back next week. What are we going to do next week, Jimmy? Are we gonna... Teen movies. Teen movies. Yeah, the Brat Packs of the world. Okay, so so 80s teen movies. What does that what does that sort of look like just for the audience? Give them a bit of an idea if they want uh, to right, watch like, some with us. Yeah, Ferris Bueller, obviously. Um, oh, Pretty yeah, in Ferris Pink, Bueller. 16 Candles. I suppose all um, the John Hughes movies pretty yes, much. Yes, of yeah. course. Yeah, you know, Breakfast Club, obviously. Risky Business. Risky Business, yes. I know, you, I know we popped on... Uh, the oh what was it say anything oh say anything bro um no but definitely uh some really good titles in there yeah teen um, wolf and we're lost gonna, boys heathers fast times at ridgemont high we're not going to cover everything There's, no all right? we're going to pick some of our favorites and um but uh, it'll be a it'll be a fun chat so yeah, please join please join us next week for 80s teen movies so we're, we're definitely not done we're going to bring up more fun topics in the future around the 80s. We're still going to do the normal episodes too where we do our roundups or we focus on a movie here and there. But yeah, this time around, we're going to be coming back to the 80s quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, season of the 80s. Season of the 80s. Like I was saying at the start, the 80s gets shat on all the time. But and I, and I think you know there are a lot of goofy, cheesy 80s movies, but there's tons of really awesome movies that I just want to talk about. Also, and we were also, you know... You know, this is kind of when we were obviously born in the 80s. We weren't necessarily watching all these movies till years later, but I think it was definitely influential for us. Yeah. You know, these are a lot of the movies that we would hire from the video store when we were Absolutely. growing up. You know, we, we were getting kids. drip fed the 80s movies. Yes. Because they were appearing on TV. I know exactly. Yes, yeah. yeah, about, yeah. about to say, literally, they were the movies that kept getting replayed on TV. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, but yes, uh, anyone listening, feel free to uh, hit us up, uh, you know, on uh, Instagram or send us an email at bakuspodcasting oh, yes. at gmail.com. And uh, thanks everybody for your support and for sticking with us and giving it uh, a listen. Giving it a red hot go. Yeah. Thanks, feel free to rate and review and all that jazz. What's awesome. the thing? Give it five stars. Five stars, please. Uh, but nah, you can you can give it one star if you want. We're just going to hunt you down and <laughs> in the face when you open the front door. <laughs> yeah. But thanks so much, everybody. Really appreciate all the um, all the nice feedback and all the regular feedback too, I guess. But now nah, that that's it from us. We'll catch you next week for eighties teen movies. All right, see you guys. Peace, bye.